Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, and today's guest is Don McLaughlin. Don is the founder and CEO of Pure Power Botanicals. He's a father of three, an ultra-endurance athlete, and author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Plants, Performance, and the Endocannabinoid System. Before founding Pure Power, Don served as a government prosecutor, a, a trial lawyer, and tech entrepreneur for nearly 20 years. While he enjoyed great success in his career, he also experienced intense struggles with anxiety and depression while working under extreme pressure and stress. Now in this chapter, Don is a wellness advocate, a health investor who discovered a natural and holistic way to beat burnout and overcome chronic anxiety and depression by incorporating hemp extract and other herbs in a series of ancient daily practices. His mission is to share what he discovered during his recovery in order to help others battling similar challenges. Don, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Oh, Jeanette, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So am I. Well, a lot of people are I wouldn't use the word struggling, but they're perplexed as to what they can do about their personal health situation. And earlier offline, we talked about the realities we've been faced with over the last 10 to 12 years in this country, as it relates to finances, as it relates to business, as it relates to external things like COVID and other things that are impacting their psyche and their lives. Okay, so I want to do a bit of a dive into that, but let's stick a pin there and actually focus on you. Your journey has been quite interesting from a professional standpoint and also from just a personal standpoint. You want to share a little bit about that journey you've had? Sure. I'd love to, Jeanette. I think I have experienced, as so many of us, the highest highs and the lowest lows. I think perhaps mine a little bit more pronounced in certain respects, just tied in with my journey. I grew up in a large traditional Irish Catholic family, and career advancement was certainly a high priority, understandably. And I took that very seriously. And it really fueled me through the course of my schooling, and through university, and then in law school. And what I mean specifically is that yeah, I was really driven to, to do well and, and, and achieve. It was certainly both uh, gratifying personally, but as I've since uncovered over the years, aspects of that drive had some some negative consequences. And one of those negative consequences was driving to the, beyond the point of what uh, really my brain and body were able to sustain. And it resulted in threats to my health, certainly threats to my most important relationships. And it took me hitting a low point, my lowest in life in November of 2012 to 
come to terms with all of that and hit a major reset in my life. Because at that point, yes, I'd founded a, a company that was doing in certain respects, but in others, not so well. And and when I hit that low moment, I realized that uh, so much of my life, the business that I'd founded, the family that I'd been creating, my marriage was at risk because I was at risk. And it was one of those moments where I was presented with a choice to ignore and brush off that low moment or use it as an opportunity. And I felt like I had to, I didn't even have a choice. And so through a combination of grit and bootstrapping myself, but more than that, uh, grace, I did make some very significant changes that led me down a path to discover and realize more balance, reclaim my health and live more in alignment with myself, quite honestly. So that's the broad overarching journey that I've been on the last uh, 20 25 years. And we can certainly talk about more details about that journey, but that's really what I discovered. And, and so since that low moment, it sounds so cliche to say our lowest moments are the ones that can be our greatest catalyst for positive change. Certainly the case for me. And I'm just so appreciative of this conversation because I've benefited so much from hearing the stories of others who faced their own trials and tribulations. And they've written books that I've read in a way I feel grateful for the opportunity to provide my own perspective on what made the difference for me in hopes that it helps someone somewhere with what they're faced with currently. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. As you talk about your experience in the family that you grew up in, do you think that your striving for higher levels of achievement was based on the expectations of others or expectations you had of yourself or a combination? I think a combination, you hit the nail right on the head. Certainly familial influence is so strong on us. And understandably, I'm really from a family of immigrants, generations old, but nonetheless, certainly propelled forward. I was really the second generation to go to college. And that was a, a way to progress and understandably coming from just that journey and, and certainly expectations there. But then also ones I put on myself, but I think heavily influenced by that environment. And also n- not to forget that I'm 53. I'm very much a product of the 80s. Grew up in northern New Jersey outside New York City, and the 80s was a period in which Dallas, Dynasty, Wall Street, and certainly that feeling that achievement and ambition and economics were such a driver of the goal of the American dream, that certainly propelled me forward as well. Because while we were all very cared for by our parents, it wasn't a lot of dispensable income. We didn't have the newest craze, which at that time was Nike sneakers. That was something that maybe you got when you did well graduating from eighth grade. That was certainly a drive for us, for sure. And for me personally, I took it very personally, and it really became part of my identity and in particular academic achievement. And so it's just the drive there for me when I struggled early on, I needed extra help, but didn't do so well, but over time, just grinding. And that's, I can see now in retrospect, how it set me up both for university and law school and professionally, just that unceasing drive to achieve more. The question that I have that I've been wanting to ask ever since you started talking about 
about this high achievement drive that you have. Were you having any fun at any time during that period of time? Windows here and there was. You know, one example is that I grew up in northern New Jersey. I felt a strong call toward nature and wilderness in the mountains at a young age. And that led me to attend the University of Vermont. And in part because I wanted to be in that environment and be able to go out on trips. And so I did. I had some windows of opportunity, both in the winter, snowboarding, a very new sport when I was at the University of Vermont. But by and large, it was almost seven days a week at the studies in the library. And yeah, in retrospect, that's one thing I share with my own children, two of whom are in college now, to ensure to take those breaks because I see in some of their habits my own. And that led to some unhealthy adaptations behaviorally, and in particular, misusing alcohol as an outlet for relaxation, because I think I was struggling to balance. And that proved to be an outlet that I can see now through my adult life, uh, developed some very unhealthy patterns around misuse of alcohol. Have you been able to find a balance in that at all? Because when I have guests who have experienced that, it seems to be all or nothing. Have you found a balance somewhere in there for yourself? Yes. And periods of all or nothing. Unhealthy ones where it was all and it wasn't like I was just functional thing. It was just episodic, but drinking to excess. And then I've had periods of just total abstinence. And that's been a great period of adjustment. And now my relationship is that it's very social, it's occasional. And that's borne by my own experience as I improved my health, as I cleaned my gut, and I felt better on a day to day basis. I just couldn't drink in the way I couldn't consume alcohol in the way that I was. Why? Not because I forced willpower, because my body, I feel like I was just more in tune and it was speaking to me and it was saying, this is not good. I don't feel good in the days after consuming more than a few drinks of alcohol. And I think it's part and parcel of this health journey that I've been on where my diet was very much transformed by that same approach. Not so much willpower and sticking to counting macros while those approaches can prove useful. For me, it was a more intuitive experience where over time, I just started to clean up my diet. And then when I returned to those things that maybe I once enjoyed, a perfect example, I went to University of Vermont, Ben and Jerry's was just growing at the time. So a pint of Ben and Jerry's was on my like weekend cheat. And over time, I just, again, this happened 20 years later, as I hit that low point in 2012, and I really cleaned up my diet, I would just, I would feel very poor when I returned to those things that I knew were unhealthy for me, but my body just couldn't take it anymore. And alcohol was in that same category. I can appreciate that because I was talking with a guest recently and we were talking about nutrition and the things that matter most. The thought that occurred to me was that the the thing that impacted my health and life to the greatest level was making a decision not to eat fast foods, completely cutting it out of my diet and being more focused on cooking my own food. And that has made the biggest difference in my health and in my life. You mentioned gut health. Having an understanding of the importance of that, also understanding that there's a lot of junk out there. Yes, buy buy or beware, for sure. I think in our modern world of convenience, with no disrespect to the fast food companies, they're serving a need. It's just, yeah, I think buy or beware. And I know that all too well, because through the course of law school and building a legal career, I would eat anything and had to get to a point of, yeah, you make a decision around what I'm going to put into my body. And as you look 
more closely at how that food is prepared and processed, I think it should all give us pause about the frequency that we consume those processed foods, whether at a fast food restaurant or at boxes in the grocery store. They're further and further away from the ground, if you will, from just whole foods that are far better for us and in certain ways return to how our parents and our parents' parents prepared their own meals. No doubt. So that was like you, I think a major shift for me over the last 10 years is to understand that it was more important to eat food that served me well. And I actually started feeling better from an energy standpoint. And then also from an emotional standpoint, because I knew that I was doing the things that mattered and that would be in my best interest. So I want to talk a little bit about that with you as you compare where you were in your former state and then in your new state, the feeling that you had internally about your energy levels and things of that nature. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, is a very real um, shift from, as I said, eating anything and everything at all times of day to a much more intuitive approach that took time, right? This doesn't happen overnight, but getting more in touch with what my body needed to fuel for energy, because that's one of the things I struggled with most, even though I was highly functioning and performing at a high level, I couldn't sustain it without only being hooked up to caffeine in many respects and struggling with hunger pangs and an impulse to eat things that I knew weren't healthy for me to try to just cope with the stress and the speed with which I was going day to day. And after is a totally different picture. It's a much more sustained energy through the course of the day and you a far better capacity to manage the stress that arises during the course of the day. In many respects, I have as much stress as I've had historically, but my both lifestyle and nutrition is optimized for dealing with that in a much more healthy, balanced way. And I'll say also, also, we've not, we focused quite a bit on just the physical aspects of nutrition and lifestyle, but mentally, and you mentioned it in the intro, I had periods on, you know, of severe anxiety, debilitating depression, uh, saw a psychiatrist, is diagnosed clinically depressed and put on uh, antidepressant, which helped in my hardest moments. But over time, it, it is something short-term turned into something long-term that I really felt like I couldn't get off of too easily. And, and as I started to focus on reclaiming my health after that low moment in 2012, I started to feel better. And part of the reason I felt better is I think I focused on my nutrition. I was moving more regularly. I took what I knew personally, and I'd been reading like frequency of exercise is a key indicator of overall health, right? I think we all know that I just took it very seriously. And, and then coupled with that, this is really where my journey into the world of herbs uh, starts in certain respects, or at least I really jumped in. In early 2013, I read an article in the Denver Post about a plant called hemp that had its these reported therapeutic and medicinal properties, that it was related to the cannabis plant, which is genus, and that it was non-psychoactive and that it was legal. Jeanette, when I read that article, I almost fell off my chair because I started my legal career as an assistant DA prosecuting cannabis crimes, and nobody told me anything about hemp, something that was non-psychoactive and that it was legal and that it had been cultivated for millennia in numerous parts of the world, uh, particularly Asia, but even in the U.S. 
U.S. around the time of the founding fathers, hemp was a crop uh, widely cultivated. And then even in World War II, the U.S. government was advocating farmers to grow hemp to help with the war effort. So that article really opened my eyes, right? I almost fell off my chair. I thought, oh, and the article talked about anxiety and some of the things that I was struggling with. And so that led me on a journey to uh, uncover more information about hemp and its properties. And so I started to experiment, right? This is early 2013. Legalization had happened in Colorado and Washington state. So it allowed me to start to experiment. And what I discovered in relatively short order within a couple months was that I started to sleep more soundly, which had been a real challenge for me. I felt more calm and collected and focused during the course of a day. I felt like I had a little bit more energy. And around this same time, Jeanette, I found running or running found me, trail running in particular. I'd read an article about trail running and I was fascinated because again, my connection with the desire to be out in nature and wilderness and I'd like hiking. But this idea of running on trails really grabbed me. And at the same time, I read a book I'd mentioned earlier. I've read a number of books that have been transformative for me. One of those was written by a fellow lawyer, recovering lawyer named Rich Roll called Finding Ultra. Now Rich has a very popular podcast called the Rich Roll Podcast. And I read his book in early 2013, and it really opened my eyes to the plant-based diet that Rich really advocated in that book. Mm -hmm. And and also his incorporation of certain adaptogens, different botanicals, and functional mushroom extracts. Cordyceps happened to be one of them. And now it's more commonly known about functional mushroom extracts from reishi to chaga to, to lion's mane for cognitive support. And so I started to experiment with these things as my interest in trail running. Now I'm 42, 43 years old as I'm starting to get into this trail running world. And I really get into it like immediately in the second summer of really focusing on trail running. I went up to the 50 mile distance and just really progressed in ways that I was shocked and my family and friends were shocked too because I wasn't a natural born runner. Again, I'd gone from this driven day-to-day work life and now I was taking time out to spend time in that activity that was really helping change things for me. And I noticed that the plants were helping me in ways that I just couldn't believe. I was running 50 mile races at high altitude in the mountains of Colorado and I was recovering pretty darn well. So I knew that these plants and these combinations were helping me and hemp was really that catalyst. It was the big one that I think started to help me feel better in ways that I was then looking for ways to sustain and grow that and have it be consistent. And then it it just became part of my lifestyle that I was naturally supplementing with these things. Now at the time, this is 2015, 2016, there were no products on the market that combined these various herbs and adaptogenic mushrooms with hemp extract. And that is where the seed of what now is Pure Power Botanicals was born during this period of self-experimentation. That's remarkable. It really is. And as I was thinking about what you were sharing, and I thought to myself, first of all, I've always been confused about hemp versus cannabis. Are they two separate plants or are they one plant with different leaves? What is, what's the difference? Same plant, just like tomatoes, right? There's heirloom. There's a whole different varieties of tomatoes that have their own compositions, right? And so cannabis is the the genus. And then there's varieties, right? And the one we most commonly associate 
associate is marijuana, right? That varietal of cannabis has a high concentration of the psychoactive compound known as THC. Hemp, on the other hand, is not that. It's been cultivated around the world, again, as more of an industrial crop for things like textiles and paper and even fuel. And it has very low residual elements of that compound THC that's much more highly concentrated in marijuana. So hemp is very different, cultivated differently, and has all these different properties. And the thing that struck me most is that it had all these health benefits from these things called cannabinoids that are found in the oil when you press the leaves and the seeds that science and medicine has now since discovered have these impacts on the body and they work hand in glove with a system that was only discovered in the late 80s and early 90s called the endocannabinoid system. And what is that system? It's a system of receptors at the cellular level that are highly concentrated around major physiological functions in the brain, in central nervous system, in the gut. And what science and medicine has now clearly demonstrated is that these receptors are there to help the body maintain balance and support those major physiological functions. And what science and medicine all has also discovered is that in the modern age, these receptors can grow fallow and therefore the body's ability to right itself and achieve balance or homeostasis as it's known is compromised by things like high stress, chronic stress, or nutrition, lack of sunshine, lack of movement, basic things will erode these receptors. And that's where what's now known as cannabinoid therapy has come into play, right? Which is how can you help the body restore those receptors and the cannabinoids that are found within hemp oil do just that. That's not the only thing. I think, unfortunately, CBD, as it's known, is the commercial sort of reference. CBD is representative of these cannabinoids, and there's over a hundred of them in the oil extracted from the hemp plant. They provide immense nutrition for the brain and the body in that way because they support this endocannabinoid system that helps the body regain balance. And one very significant benefit is tied to stress, right? I think we all know that day in and day out, many of us are in various states of stress. And there's this chronic stress that many of us, it's very low grade, but it's persistent. And what is that? That's when the body is this fight or flight response. And what science has shown very clearly is that these cannabinoids help the body to downregulate that stress response so that we're not in this constant fight or flight. And what happens in that constant fight or flight is this known in the scientific community as the HPA axis, the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the adrenals. That's our fight or flight. The hypothalamus triggers the pituitary. The pituitary fires the adrenals and you get this spike in cortisol. So the body can, you do that long enough, what do we get? Adrenal fatigue and all the related things that come from that. And science has shown now that cannabinoids downregulate that HPA axis so that you're not constantly in this fight or flight. So that's one example of how these cannabinoids, science has shown how specifically they deliver these health benefits. Interesting. I've got two questions, two more questions. The first is with the proliferation of CBD shops popping up everywhere, how can the average consumer 
make an informed decision about what they're buying. This is part one of our conversation, so tune in for part two, where Don McLaughlin will talk about plants, performance, and the endocannabinoid system. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning. And